we're welcoming you to the Prairie Doc Radio Program. As you know, Rick Holm is our Prairie Doc. He's in the studio ready to answer your questions of a medical nature. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's a physician with the Avera Medical Group Brookings. He's a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Sanford School of Medicine. And just in his spare time, he's affiliated with South Dakota State University where he conducts medical research. Good morning, Dr. Holm. <laughs> Good morning, Joe. How is your For Me medical research going? Uh, it's been great fun. Last week, we toured the Hy-Vee grocery store and did label uh, reading. And, and it, it, you know, it was a fun, yeah, <laughs> Bob. Bob's so showing you something about what is it? Kayla's picture of the dietitian from Hy-Vee. Oh, Hy-Vee. the dietitian yes. from Hy-Vee. Was of she course. working with you? She's no, a lovely she's, person. She is, yeah, she's at home with her baby. So oh, she has a new baby, that's so right. So we didn't have Kayla oh. to give us a tour. We, we had Joan Baker. Uh, she did the uh, first... Um, uh, three of the four, actually the first four sessions of the eight that I do on Mondays and Tuesdays because I was uh, tied up. And uh, then she, then I caught her on um, Monday, the fourth session on Monday, and then she joined me for my first session on Tuesday. And, um, and so I had a nutritionist with which to compare my our notes. And we, we went through the grocery store. Rick, I'm going to cut you uh, off. Yeah, Because go ahead. some people listening will not know what For Me is. Could you just give a brief synopsis and then tell us what you did at the grocery store? All right. So For Me is four M's, make muscles move more, and E is eat right. So it's For Me. I mean, it's... It, it, it's For Me. It's and you have a group of people that have agreed to work with you on this. We've started with 94. I think it, we're, we're down 10 or 15 of the total, 70 or older people. And they have been great fun. I've, it's been a joy getting to know many of those people that I didn't know before, and, and some of them I did. You know, Some of them were my patients. Okay. Uh, well, I just wanted to bring people up to date if right. they didn't know what it was. So then you so took wh- what are we groups, doing? maybe 10 or 12 at a time, to the uh, Hy-Vee, Hy-Vee talking about well, nutrition. And, and all this time we have had uh, two programs. One is walk seven days a week, and uh, the other group is walk uh, four days a week and exercise three days a week, the strengthening, balancing, stretching, ex- hopping exercises. And then to all of the groups, we've had nutritional education. And the thrust of the nutritional education has been really more to understanding how many calories uh, are in the food we eat. And then we've done studies, uh, discussions on proteins, on carbohydrates, and even this week it's been on fats. But last week we did a tour of the grocery stores. Okay. And, And it was really great fun uh, to kind of go through this store. Uh, one of the things that I learned um, of course, is you can buy eggs, uh, egg yolk, that uh, 99% eggs in a carton. It just pours out so nicely. You can make scrambled eggs at any moment. You can make it when use use the pour, pouring out eggs. It's the most essential amino acid protein source there is. Rick, it's that sounds like the laziest thing in the world. Why can't you just buy an egg? Or you can buy an egg. Okay, good. I think <laughs> eggs are great, but when I see some yep. of these expedient things, they kind of drive me up a wall. I guess if it gets people to use them, it's worth it. That, there it is. Uh, and it's so simple. You know, you just pour in some eggs and you know, maybe a little bit of butter and salt and pepper and, and a little cheese and 
and turn on the microwave, and boy, you've got a nice breakfast, actually. Uh, but anyway, that aside, the tour of the grocery store was really wonderful fun. Uh, there was a lot I learned. One of the things I learned was that there are decent, already-made meals that are a balanced meal that are relatively uh, higher in protein and less in carbohydrates and, and uh, relatively low-calorie, already prepared. You microwave it. You've got your one meal. If you're a single guy or if you're a, a, a man or woman that's lost your spouse and you're looking at how do I, how do I cook for one, Go down there and buy uh, those single meals that are. Are in those the, single meals frozen, or are they in the they're, they're, refrigerators um, uh, area? I think they're they're frozen, but they could be uh, refrigerated. I'm not sure which. Um, you know, but there are a variety of brands and there are a variety of costs. Some of which, you know, the most expensive was were probably five dollars for a for a, a single meal. meal. You couldn't go out to a, uh, go to McDonald's. You, you know, for and um, and the calories are you know four hundred or less. For you know, you're not going to go out uh, and. Unless you go to um, a restaurant that sp tries to give you a lower calorie meal and it announces how many calories are in it, you know, and that kind of a thing is, I think, a very good deal. We should be encouraging that. But anyway, the tour of the grocery store was really wonderful fun. The ma one of the major things that people learned was to see, they'd turn around, they look at the label and it says, oh, this is only 160 calories, this snack food. And here's a small bag of... of uh, a rather dense kind of a uh, herbal uh, snack foods and then it says six helpings so per helping well per there's six helping helpings. this is a one tiny little bag. one bag of snack you're going to eat six there's 900 calories in that bag that's what it is and you're going to eat all of them uh we were reading the calories on the on the on the chips eight chips and one serving is, is eight chips. Is eight chips. Do you know anyone who eats eight chips when they no, open a no, bag of potato chips? They eat the whole no. bag, you know. Right. And uh, so we went. We we learned about the calories in the food that you eat. We um we went through different kinds of of uh, meats. Meats are not such a bad thing, and uh, seafood is a good option. Uh, and you know, we talked a lot about where seafood is obtained, um, and uh, really about fishing. Uh, it's a very, it's the world's most dangerous profession, and part of it is because in other countries they don't control the safety factors, and if you are, for example, a, f a Chinese fisherman in the wo in the waters around Hawaii, uh, you can't go, you can't land on Hawaii. You're not allowed to because you're in China. Uh, you, you don't have different the country, right? So you you know you take every storm that hits, you know, out there in the water. There, there's a variety of different things. That Sounds we like they're learning a lot about nutrition, which is wonderful. So, I mean, going to the grocery store and looking at labels and reading uh, what percentage has fiber and, and how much, uh, how many calories and how many servings and so on and so forth. That was a real fun thing. And everybody, it's the rubber meets the road. This week we learned about fats and we talked about different options of fats, which was kind of fun. We can talk about that after the break. Okay, well, we are due to take our first break. If you have any questions, give us a call at 692-1430. We'll be back right after these words. Well, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you listening today. I asked Doctor at the outset of the program if he would talk about his For Me program. And uh, I do have a few friends who are in that program and we had a 
noon meal yesterday, and they started talking about fats. You really taught them a lot. Well, it, you know, if you if you look into where the science is behind the data, we used to say polyunsaturated fats. Now, it, on, on, it has to do with the carbon-hydrogen bonds that are in the molecules. And the theory was, when I was in college, my biology professor put out the formula and the discussion of polyunsaturated fats, and his theory was, and that was the thought at the time, that it sucked away the cholesterol plaques and arteries and it reduced your dying aging process. So it was a good thing. That's what we thought. The studies, though, when they put it among, uh, uh, put polyunsaturated rats, uh, uh, we, we fed um, rats polyunsaturated fats, um, they didn't die, they didn't live longer, they lived shorter, they died sooner. And this, the implication is, well, even though theoretically polyunsaturated fat's better, um, yeah, the, we don't have proof of that. Uh, of course, if you go to the Mayo Clinic literature, it says the best fats are polyunsaturated or monounsaturated, which is mostly all of the liquid uh, vegetable oils, you know, safflower oil and canola oil and olive oil and uh, soybean oil and all those oils. And the, the medium, medium risk is the saturated fats, which are they? They're meat, uh, or the fat in meat, it's butter, it's uh, coconut oil, palm oil, which we used to think was bad because it was saturated. And then we have the trans fats, which are those olive oils and those soybean oils that have been thickened by hydrogenation and made thick so that it feels like it's butter at room temperature. It thickens it at room temperature. And the, and the theory is um, that the trans fats are not so good. And of course, that's how you have margarine. I mean, margarine is a trans fat. I mean, it's an oil that's been turned into butter-like consistency. The data really suggests more and more, the probably the safest um, uh, oil, fat may just be butter. Butter is the safest. And so, I mean, if, you, if you're looking at making a salad dressing, you're not going to want to use butter. Uh, you're going to want to use olive oil because, um, and you go out to the pheasant and taste some of those they fabulous phenomenal olive, oils, olive oils and vinegars and you put them together and you have a wonderful dressing. Okay, that's that. That's good. But they have advised that don't use these expensive olive oils to cook with because they lose their flavors. If you think about it, the best flavored cooking oil would be butter. What does butter come under? Poly, mono, it's saturated? A, it's a saturated. It's a saturated. And okay. But the science to say it's bad, the data to say that that is bad is, is, uh, is poor. Now here's the take-home message. We're ready. Okay. Probably the danger for our heart and our blood vessels and all of this is too many calories. So what, uh, you know, oil is a, a, a big source of calories. Um, you get nine calories per gram of fat. You get four calories per gram of carbohydrate, four calories per gram of protein, nine calories per gram of fat. So it is highly caloric. So you don't want to steep your food in fat. You don't want to deep fat fry things. You want to use small amounts um, in your cooking uh, and, uh, and in your dressing because the danger isn't 
the saturated fat versus the polyunsaturated fat versus the monounsaturated fat really are probably not the trans fat either. The danger is in the amount the, of calories. The amount that you actually consume. Right. The big oxidative load. We always, you know, these people who are marketing their herbal things are saying this is an antioxidant. The real antioxidant is less calories. Less calories. Eat less. Yeah, Eat less. we've probably known that for years you know, and we just don't want to face it. We right? don't want to face it. We yeah. want to have our cake and eat it too, you know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. So. Well, we are going to take a break, and I'm curious to know if you'd like to discuss your television show tomorrow night, which is going to be on The Marvelous Hip. We'll yes. see about that right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We've been talking about Dr. Holmes' uh, research study, which he's conducting with, uh, and with South Dakota State University personnel as well, and it's called For Me. So that has been going on in your life, but... And uh, let me summarize again. All right, one more the, thing. The summarize is we, 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 the take-home nutritional message is less calories. The take-home exercise message is it's probably more important than the food that we eat, and it is to move every day, to get moving every day, to get walking. And you're, you're a perfect example of that, Joan, and that is a wonderful <laughs> thing. Good for you. Keep and moving. And so we want to... And if you haven't been moving, get started. Get started on that. You can always and do get it started. every day. Get a, uh, don't be happy until you've finished whatever it is that you've decided is the amount that you need to do every day. Half an hour of walking every day. How you keep saying I'm a perfect example of it. And my understanding is you're running three to six miles a day. Well, and you're a little bit more <laughs> enthused with the exercise than I could ever hope to be. Well, so I'm proud of you. Thank you. You, you practice what you preach, I try which to is do good. That. Now, so, talking about tomorrow night on the TV yes. program, which airs on South Dakota Public Television at 7 o'clock in the evening, it's On Call with the Prairie Doc. Tomorrow night, you'll be talking about the marvelous hip. and We have a nice, ortho, a really good orthopedic surgeon who will be talking about uh, hip repair, different kinds of hips, uh, problems, uh, anterior approach, the posterior approach, why do people break their hips. Uh, that's part of the other thing that we're trying to do with the For Me uh, project, and that is to prevent people from breaking their hips. And, you know, the probably the most important um uh, exercise that we do aside from uh, doing heel to toe balance exercises uh, and walking uh, on an irregular uh, on, a, on irregular ground which in teaches us balance issues um, and to use a, a walking stick when you can uh, uh, but is a uh, is the old deep knee bends which we used to think was bad for your knees but the real truth is it's really good for your hip muscles and so if you're a person who has problems doing that, start with sitting in a chair, crossing your arms, and then gradually standing up from your chair, and then gradually, count of four, sitting down again, and then standing up and sitting down, standing up and sitting down. And those are knee bends, basically. And then if you drop the, giving the you chair the and put your hands straight out in front of you, and then you go down uh, comfortably to as low as you can comfortably go and then stand up again making sure your knees don't go in but your knees go out if any uh, thing and um, those kinds of exercise strengthen strengthen the, the hip, hip they do so that okay. when you fall you have muscles that protect you uh, and if you do break a hip you've got muscles with which the surgeon can connect and so um, very good if if you're in that 65 or older bracket we should be working on strengthening the hip but the most 
probably the most important issue is walking. Some of us uh, don't worry about breaking our hips so much as watching the arthritis develop. Yes. You know, it runs in our family. My mother had two hip replacements. My older brother actually had three. <laughs> it just his one so he had done when he was man, about huh? he's a three oh, hip he oh, was about was 50 f- he was younger than 55 and when he turned 70 it was 15 years old he simply had you to go to again but and you've had w- one and i've had one hip and hopefully stay at one hip but you know i i know there's arthritis in the family yeah. and in the whole family it runs in families. so it's not just broken hips it can also be arthritis yes. that causes you to have to have the hip replaced so did they do their interview with you they did. Did you uh, think that you gave them important information? I don't know. Lowell came over yesterday to my house to uh, interview. Uh, Kylie was with him, yes. Yeah. The two of them interviewed me about hips, so I guess I'll be on your show Thursday night. Yeah. All right. It'll be kind of neat to see your, your to little that. package. Yep. Right. So we talked about both hip and Thank knee. Thank you for doing I'm that. I'm ju- oh, glad to do it, but we both... Uh, I said, I can't just talk about hip because I did just have my knee done, too, so we kind of threw them both in, but yeah. mainly it was about hip and just basically what to do after surgery which can be so important and there's quite a difference in the two uh with knee they want you moving it right away with hip doctors are pretty cautious because there is a problem there popping out it can pop out early on it can be dangerous what happens do they does it take almost a year for what has to grow around the hip so you don't have to worry about it popping out well there is a cartilaginous um capsule that holds the hip into its socket okay that part of it but i think the most important part of it is the muscles and ligaments that make the hip work that hold it in and if your those muscles and ligaments are lax and and not strong and not uh tight uh then the the hip can pop out easily do they actually cut those muscles or ligaments when they go in to do the hip? you know i don't know joan i think the more uh more they're working on the more they don't cut anything they just Mm -hmm. kind of pop it in and out they kind of break it bring it because if you don't cut the muscle you're going to have a much better deal better and i understand when they cut just in the past couple years they've started doing the hip surgery from the front <coughs> rather than the side or back, right, right. and that creates less of a cut, I think, or it's... I think that might be the Something theory. good. We'll find uh, out tomorrow I, night when I, we ask the surgeon, right? right? We'll, we'll ask uh, You'll know ask what he's doing. Guy. Right, yeah. yeah. Right. The orthopedic surgery is amazing. It has, uh, it has come along so far. You know, 30 years ago, a doctor would say, I wouldn't replace the knees on my dog. You know, 30 yeah. years ago, it was so questionable, and now... It's like... Yeah, it's just... It, it is amazing Much the number now. of knees. I think even, I don't know how many years ago, there might have been three sizes of knees that they could put in. Yeah. Now it's almost unlimited. Yeah. So it's going to fit you, and that exactly fits right. a lot better. And they're doing partial, uh, you right. know, wh- whatever the, wherever the knee is. The less they do, the less that's artificial, the better, because you want to have your own natural things uh, there if you can. Uh, you know, it's absolutely amazing. It used to be, I remember hearing this number uh, years and years ago, we've gotten so good at hips that 95% of the hips do well, 80% of the knees do well, and about 50% of the shoulders do well. Well, that's wrong now. That's, it's way better than that with hips and with knees and with shoulders. I have a few friends I didn't even realize. The people, I guess they're acquaintances because I didn't know they had had their shoulders done, but when you get in the... Uh, water aerobics class you start finding out who has what, what, what everybody joints. has something replaced in their <laughs> class i think but it surprises me with the shoulders and how successful that has been for people that oh. sounds really yeah. painful to me oh. but 
somehow they, they do really well with that, too. We're well, fortunate to have the advances in orthopedics that we have now. Well, advances in so many different fields, too. I mean, you think about it. Um, although uh, one can be skeptical about modest, modern medicine and be angry about the $600 uh, uh, injection for uh, epinephrine injection for people who are allergic that for when it takes $5 to make the thing. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that you get skeptical about, but when you come down to it, the science has advanced. It's really made things better for people, and that, that improve, those improvements are, are a marvelous thing. They certainly are. Well, we are due to take our final break. We'll be back right after these words. The Avera Medical Group Brookings is happy to welcome Dr. Kelly Evans. Dr. Evans specializes in internal medicine, sometimes called adult medicine. To set up an appointment with Dr. Evans, call 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Dr. Holm and I are here in the studio ready to discuss almost any medical issue that might be on your mind. And on our mind, we're talking about uh, um, orthopedic Bo- and bone, surgery, bone, issues. bone I, issues. I wanted to make sure that uh, I add here that um, I know you had a hip and I know you've had a knee. Right. And, uh, and I am not critical of that. And I think we'll see a lot more as, as the boomers uh, come uh, uh, demanding uh, perfect function. You know, they're going to say, I want to be able to do these things that I could do before. Now I'm in my 70s, mid-70s or and later, and I want to still be able to do these things. And we'll see it uh, if I were going to pick a field that's going to be successful in the, in the boomer uh, explosion. It's... Orthopedics. Going to be orthopedics, correct. Um, but the answer is that not everybody needs to have those surgeries, and the surgeries are not the answer if you can make what you have naturally work. And uh, and sometimes you can't, and that's why you need the surgery. But when you can't, they do know that if you took bone-on-bone knee patients and you split them in half, and I'm going to say this old study a million times. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. Um, and half of them are forced to walk and the other are left on the couch to just sit there. Who do you think has less pain? Who do you think is able to function better? Who is the one who is happier with their lives? You know, and it's the ones that are moving. Uh, and so we've got to keep moving. I mean, you know, oh, I've got so much arthritis, I can't move. No, I've got so much arthritis, that's why I must move. Well, you know, I was told in 98 that I probably have both knees replaced. In 98. 98. That's when I started really exercising. (laughs) So I figured if I went 18 years. That's pretty good, Joan. And that shows the bone on bone, too. What you're saying, you're much better off exercising and moving rather than just sit around waiting to get the thing replaced. Absolutely right. See, we had one call, and I know we're kind of short on time, but the person would like to know, are there any new advances in Parkinson's disease? Anything you can fill them in on? No, not, I mean, you know, there's, there's, they're, I think they're coming up with uh, different kinds of implants in the brain, these pacemakers that can stimulate a certain part of the brain. Uh, they're looking at different medications to, to um, increase the neurotransmitters that have been depleted. Um, but, you know, it isn't, I don't think it's just biochemical. I mean, it's not chemical depletion. It's, it's some injury in the parts of the brain. I think what they may be coming closer to also is understanding why those injuries occur, um, but not huge advances, not enough to say, wow, have we, there's new things that's happening right now that just 
that just it just isn't happening. It's not happening. Uh, the neurodegenerative. We had a we did a a, um, a show on neurodegenerative dis, uh, brain disorders, uh, and we I recorded it in Rapid City with two neuro, uh, two uh, neurologists mm -hmm. from the Rapid City area, and that show will be in December. And we talked at length about Parkinson's and hopes and the concerns and the issues and the things that we can do. Unfortunately, um, when the brain starts to deteriorate from Alzheimer's disease or from Parkinson's disease or from Huntington's chorea or from uh, ALS or, 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 or MS or, or certain things going on in the brain uh, from which you know, uh, we don't have a clear understanding, some of it is, is uh, driven by rheumatoid arthritis-like immune system disorders. Um, some of them might be a viral infection, but much of it we just have no idea. And isn't that, but there's hope, see, because there's been advancements and we s they're working on it and that's it. So there's hope there. There's hope. It, is it just because of my age that I know more people with Parkinson's or is there more diagnosis of Parkinson's in the past no, few years. No, I mean, I think it's uh, not it's my that age. I know of. It's your age and <laughs> it your... It just seems like every time it. you turn around, you hear yep. of someone else with right. Parkinson's. Right. It breaks yeah. your heart. There was a burst of it uh, after uh, in the 40s and 50s that was related, they think, to the viral infection in the, in the 1918, you know, the influenza uh, crisis. Oh, really? That came... They came about in the 40s and 50s, following the influenza crisis right. of the 20s. And it's a clue. It's a you know they, yeah and they and they didn't know but 1918. They could see. Wow. And, and so the the suspicion uh, was that was that the injury was a virus. Uh, they found also uh, that uh, certain people who had made of an artificial heroin thing in California uh, and was selling it, and these people who took that particular artificial heroin. Uh, came down with this horrible deter deteriorating Parkinson's disease and they went oh it's it's a chemical exposure and they've used it in rats to watch what how to control things then they look at pugilistic uh, pugilism Parkinson's disease with um, the, the Muhammad Ali almost certainly had Parkinson's from the head trauma so there's a lot of factors going on here what is the cause and the answer is no good clue. It was a great question. I loved it. I gave no answer. Went all over the f place. Well, we'd love to say that there are advances, but we just don't know. No. Just not there. No. That's tough. Well, if you're dealing with a loved one with Parkinson's, you're dealing with a tough case. Love them. Love support them. Interact with them. Get them moving. What do you think is the most important thing? Exercise. It's unbelievable that the, that the exercise seems to to help uh, prevent it. And actually, they did a study where they gave that chemical that caused Parkinson's disease, the heroin, in, in rats. And they divided them into two groups. Uh, the one group that was, uh, was on, the, on the spinner and the other was sitting on the uh, rat couches over there watching the, <laughs> rat the rats doing the spin. And who do you think had the Parkinson's disease? The couch potato rats got the Parkinson's, they did. The and the runners didn't get it. So the answer is keep one moving. more reason to keep moving. Keep moving. Okay, well, you know, if he ever has anything to preach about, it's Boy. exercise, exercise, exercise. Uh, why do I do think I that? think I that's know. great. You, you help me, I'll tell you. I'm, I'm glad to join the ranks of people who 
follow Dr. Holmes' exercise regimen. I can't keep up with you, but I do as best I can. <laughs> and everyone listening, I'm sure it feels the same. Just get off your keister and get out there and start walking right now. <laughs> it's not too cold. It's a no. little chilly, but it's a good brisk walk, fall walk, day. Walk get through the there. winter. Get Bundle up and get going. Get yeah. going. And we hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc. Brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. As always, you can hear and see more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org. Thanks, Rick. And that's all until next week. Thank you, Bob, and stay healthy out there, people.